Nerd Talk, Dork Talk, Real Talk, the coolest podcast ever, The Kenny Ho Show. It's showtime. The finest life to lead is the nerd life. So let's nerd out. Hey, what up? It's old Kenny here with you for a brand new episode of the Kenny Ho Show. How you doing? I hope all is well. How's your week going, bud? What are you up to? Anything new and exciting? See, I told you it happens, and it happened again last night. What am I talking about? Do you remember the time I told you girls always ask, So, what's new and exciting? It happened to me last night. A girl that I used to work with sent me a text. And within the first 140 characters, boom! So, what's new and exciting? Now, don't get me wrong. I appreciate that. Well, anybody would send me a text to say hello, what's up? And ask me what's new and exciting. And I definitely appreciate it even more because she's a cute girl. But either way, I was going to answer that honestly. And the answer is, of course, no, nothing new and exciting. The same old, same old, all the time. But I don't want to get much more real than that, any more real. And this answer would pop up. You know, exciting. I hate change, I can't deal with change. And whenever there's new things, it's never like a nice new, it's never a positive new. It's never like, I finally got that dream job. It's time to leave poverty behind. No, it's usually quite the opposite. It's usually, huh, they jack my rent by another 100 bucks. So it looks like I'm going to move from regular Chef Boy RDs to these no-name ravioli squares. I'd like to say I don't notice a difference, but I'm pretty sure this no-name one tastes like cat food. And exciting? Excitement in my life? I've learned never get excited. Because the higher you get, the harder the fall. And you know what? To tell the truth, I'm good with nothing new and exciting. I mean, at some point, something new has to happen. I have to dig myself out of poverty, as I said. And it'll be exciting that I'm no longer poor. But shy of that, I'm good with the status quo. I just want to go about my business and be left alone. Although that is not the status quo, because I'm sure you experience it too. Shit always happens. It's always something, isn't it? But I digress. What was I saying? Oh, yes, new and exciting. I can't blame, you know, pretty girls for always asking what's new and exciting because I'm assuming in their life, new and exciting things always happen. I'm assuming that's why they always do it. Just like how whenever I talk to my buddy David, or at least when I used to, he's like happy now. But back in the day, we'd always check in on each other and be like, you haven't killed yourself yet, right? No, no, I'm only dead on the inside. So I can't hold it against them. That's just their way. That's just their way of life because... I mean, unless they're full of crap, you've seen it a million times on social media, whether it be Twitter or Facebook. The pretty girls, always with the spouting of the positive messages like, live, love, be happy, or today's gonna be a beautiful day, or smile and the world smiles back at you. It's all bullshit. 
You know the bullshit I'm talking about. And if you don't think it's bullshit, what are you, a hot girl? And if you are, what happened to you? What happened in your life that you've stooped down to listening to the old Kenny Ho show? Now that I'm judging, it's cool. In fact, forget I said any of that. You go tell more of your hot friends to start listening to this show and maybe the word will spread and maybe people think I'm attractive and worth their time too. I don't know about you, but I've never woken up in the morning and been like, you know what, today's gotta be a swell day. Even the day I got to meet Tiffany Alvord, I didn't wake up and jump out of bed and was like, oh, today's gonna be such a beautiful day. Because at the time, I had no idea I was gonna interview her that day. In fact, I was bummed out because I didn't think it was gonna happen, if you remember. At most, I expect little to nothing to happen that day. But even then, when I let my guard down, something unpleasant happens and ruins most my day. But again, that's me versus a hot girl. A hot girl, I've been thinking about it. They, they gotta live a different life. Like, life for them has to be different than for us normies. Like, they see, they see the world through a different lens than we do. Because it's all built on years of preferential treatment and having their way and people bending over sideways for them. Like, live, love, be happy. I can see how a hot girl would, would think that's a thing. Because that is a thing in their world. Like, a hot girl, if she wants to work, she's gonna get a good gig. And if she doesn't want to work, she can go get herself a sugar daddy and be a trophy wife. Either way, she's gonna have the means to really live. You know, travel, sightsee, wine and dine at the finest restaurants in the world. Drive or be driven around in a sweet car. You know, really experience the finer things in life. Whereas a dude like me, I'd like to think I'm a pretty talented guy. The acting thing I didn't really try, that's on me. I walked away. But the radio thing, I tried so hard. I sent out so many applications. And here I am today without a radio job. And it's not even think about radio jobs because those are a little bit harder to come by. Like just... I look back on regular jobs that I've applied for. There was a time in my life where I was unemployed and really wanted this one job. So I sat on it. I sat on the company website, waited for them to post something. The second they posted, boom, I was on it. Application, resume, whatever else. It was all there, ready to go. I had to be the first guy to have applied. And not only did I not get the job, I didn't even get an interview. And I know I was qualified for that job. Well, actually, I was overqualified for that job. I still wanted it anyways. I wanted to get in the company. Didn't happen. For a hot girl, quite the opposite happens. They get jobs that don't even exist. Like I was talking to my friend Natasha, who is a gorgeous girl. Let me paint you the picture. She's Portuguese, super fit, like eyes that will capture the imagination. You get the picture. She's like, I'm really nervous about this job interview I have for this construction company. And I was just like... Oh, did you say construction company? Oh, then you've got nothing to worry about. Because I've worked in construction before. It's all dudes. And they're all dogs. Doesn't matter if they have a wife or a daughter roughly her age. They will howl. They will stare at you. They're all dogs. So my advice to her was like, oh, you don't need to worry about a thing. Remember that tight dress you wore to work that one time? Yeah, just wear that to the interview and you'll get the job. Or, I mean, if he's given the job or promised the job to his nephew or something and you won't get that job, the owner will create another job just for you. Executive Director of Eye Candy. Life is different for hot girls. Do you go out a lot? Whether it's dinner or drinks or, or whatever people go out for, do you do a lot of that? 
I don't. I used to do that a lot. Well, there was one summer I did that a lot. The summer of losing Cutter Girl and becoming a complete depressive alcoholic. That summer, I drank away basically half of the money I made. But since then, I've cut back and cut back and cut back on going out mainly because I don't want to be a drunkard no more. But secondly, it's expensive. Like that summer, I was still in school. It was cool to be a broke student. Now, I'm out here. It's not so cool to be a broke-ass man. Turns out, good Charlotte was right. The girls with the bodies do love the boys with a Ferrari. But have you ever noticed hot girls go out all the time? And as I said, some of them, they have the good job. They can do that. But not all of them work. Some of them are lazy broads. So how the hell do they do it? Well, it's because all they need is the... Actually, I was going to say all they need to do is buy the dress, but honestly, they can just get a guy who they're dating, not necessarily their boyfriend, just some dude that they're dating, to buy them the damn dress. Wait, this will make you happy and let me touch you? All right, here's my credit card. Buy whatever you want. Oh, you know that's true. You've probably been there too, bud. I know I was. Again, I was in school and poorer than I am now. Unfortunately, I'm still quite poor but yeah when i was chasing cutter girl whatever the hell she wanted didn't matter about my finances if it put a smile on her face if she wanted it i would have gotten it for her not saying she was some gift whore and i gave her a bunch of stuff in fact i only managed to get her one gift and she doesn't even have that why because she kicked me to the curb before amazon delivered it to me and i don't even need to look that far back as i said as you've heard i bought like tiffany elford like four or five things in this past year and we're not even friends You know the struggle. You've been there. So yeah, hot girls can go out every single weekend because they don't need to pay a damn thing. Drinks? There's this girl I knew in high school. She wasn't even hot. Like, when I knew her, she was like, you know, a cute kind of chubby girl. And she lost a lot of weight, so at best she was kind of a cute skinny girl. And I'd always known her as a decent, like, hardworking, sweet girl. But I don't know, I guess you lose like 40 pounds, you become a different person. Because my buddy David one time overheard her talking to her friend. And she was saying, yeah, let's go out tonight. And her friend was, oh, I can't afford it. She's like, you don't need to be able to afford it. We'll just get a bunch of guys to buy us a bunch of drinks. So when a come see, come saw girl can get guys to buy them free drinks, imagine what hot girls can get guys to buy them. As much of the best hooch money can buy as they want. And as nonsense about smile and the world smiles back at you, I'm not even freaking joking, but I used to smile all the time at people, and a lot of them just gave me dirty looks. Okay, part of that is maybe because I live in the big city. I live in Toronto, so people are dicks here. I don't get me wrong, there's dicks everywhere, but there's a high concentration of them in Toronto. And girls were the worst. A lot of girls, you smile at them. And back then, I honestly was an innocent kid who was just being nice. I wasn't trying to pick them up. Dirty looks abound, and I'm pretty sure one of them even said, Ew. I hope that one's dead. The Caddy Ho Show, episode 103, will cover. Is the Han Solo movie doomed? Was GTA Online's newest DLC worth the wait? And who will Venom fight? Well, stay with me and find out next on The Kenny Ho Show. It's showtime. Let's go. Did you hear that Han Solo, the unwanted spin-off movie... Just lost their directors. Yep, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller got the old Axaroo. Why? All right, this is this is the fun part. Why don't you take a guess? Take one guess. What? Yes. How did you know? Creative differences. Right on, bud. 
creative differences. Ah, oh, yes. It's the showbiz equivalent of a girl breaking up with you and saying, It's not you. It's me. Don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. Of course it's you, bitch. I'm good to you. I don't abuse you. I don't treat you like dirt. I'll buy you shit from Amazon. I won't pay for express delivery, but I'll get you the shit from Amazon. Yet you still decide to choose some yet you still decide to choose some douchebag who treats you like ass and blames all his problems on you? Of course it's you and not me. You make me sick. Alright, I digress. But as I was saying, yes, it sounds like the suits have pulled the old we know better than you how movies work. Remember Marvel vs. Edgar Wright? Listen, listen, listen. We have a slate of successful comic book to movie adaptations under our belt. Do you? Have you ever taken a series of books and turned it into an awesome movie? Because we have. Do you know how to do such a thing? Huh? So, what do you have to say? And then Edgar Wright turns as if he's looking into a camera and makes a face of confusion mixed with what the hell is going on here. And hopefully he turns back around and hands the dude a copy of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which is like a million times better than most of the Marvel movies. I hope at some point, was it, is it Fiji or Feig or whatever who runs the show over there? I hope he sat down and watched Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and he's like, oh damn, Ant-Man could have been like this. Instead of mediocre. Yeah, it looks like the Disney-owned, much like Marvel, the Disney-owned Lucasfilms are also now turning to their directors and saying, Hey, listen, I didn't much care for all that laughing the audience was doing during 21 and 22 Jump Street. We don't want any of that bullshit going on in our film. We purposely picked Han Solo to do a solo film because we want everybody in the audience to sit there and wallow in their misery and mourn the fact that nothing is sacred anymore. Sure, it makes sense to do a Boba Fett film for nothing else. A... You don't have to recast an icon, and B, it's what everybody wants. But no, no, no laughing during the movie. We know better than you. But to be fair, this one time, I'm going to back the studio on it. Why? Because from what I'm reading, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like these cats are trying to do a comedy. This Phil Lord dude and... You know, the other guy I named. They're trying to do a straight-up comedy like 21 or 22 with the actors improvising and doing doing the funny, you know? Someone on set, one of the witnesses even said, People need to understand that Han Solo is not a comedic personality. He's sarcastic and selfish. Which is, which, I agree, that's a pretty good description of him. So maybe they're trying to do Star-Lord with him? Even Captain Mal Reynolds? Nah, that's not the way to go with this movie. Yes, it should have a sense of humor. Because this is about Han Solo before he gets bogged down with all that Jedi and saving the galaxy type of thing. So it should be fun, and it's a good chance to do so. You should have at least one fun, bright Star Wars film, but not to the point where it's like, oh, this is a straight-up comedy. It should be fun, it should be an adventure, but at the end of the day, there is literally an evil dictator who's making life hell for like billions of people, so a little bit of a somber tone in there, just to balance it out, just to keep it. Yes, I know it's happening in space, but, you know, realistic. So yes, I agree with the producers, it shouldn't be a straight-up comedy. Let's have fun, but clearly these guys aren't the guys that's gonna deliver what you, what seems to be best for this film. But with that being said, even though I agree with this move, 
the last time a Star Wars movie had extensive rewrites and redos, they took out all the happy in the movie. They're, wait a minute, there's two survivors? We can't have that. Kill them all off. And someone's like, well, we can build a franchise if we keep some of these characters alive. No, no, we don't care how likable Jin or so is. Kill the bitch. Kill her little lover, too. And usually when you lose your director, and especially this far along shooting, I hear it's almost five months of principal photography. When you lose a director that late in the game, it usually means your film is screwed. It's going to be uneven. I never watched Suicide Squad, but I hear, but I hear basically they shot the movie and then they're like, oh, we need some more jokes in there. And then they tried to add in some more jokes later, but it was uneven. It wasn't, the balance wasn't right. The flow wasn't right. And honestly, I never want a Star Wars movie to do badly. I never wanted the prequels to fail. I still like the prequels, but I can see why people are on it. But this Star Wars movie, honestly, this Han Solo one, I want it to fail. And part of me hopes it fails. That's why I was... See, I told you, never get excited. I got excited that this thing was going to go sideways. But then, nope, they brought in Ron Howard to save the day. Bloody hell. When you've shot two-thirds of a movie, usually your actors are pretty attached to the director. I mean, unless the director is a complete douche nozzle. Your actors probably have your back if you're not that. If you are that, then they'll be happy to see you go. And they're going to make a better film when you're gone. Like, from my experience, there's a couple directors that I've worked with in my time that had they have been fired at any point during the production, I would have been one unhappy camper and I would have foamed it in. And had they just brought in one of their cronies, a yes man that's going to fulfill what the producers want without any integrity of his own, this thing could go sideways. You've got a bunch of temperamental actors working unhappy and having way less fun because they can't improvise anymore. Good luck with that. But when you bring in someone with the clout that Ron Howard has, he knows what he's doing, he's respected in the industry... It's going to be fine. I hate to say it, but it's going to be fine. And it's probably going to be a better movie now that he's been brought on because he's going to get rid of the improvisation bullshit. He's going to get rid of the straight up comedy feel. He's going to execute that script the way it was supposed to be executed, but he's going to bring something to it. So instead of blowing up in their face, these cats went ahead and got rid of their weak links and brought in a nice greased up one to replace it. Well played, Lucasfilms. Well played. GTA Online. Have you ever played it? Have you ever played any of the GTAs? If you have, which would you say is your favorite? I'm going to assume if you said yes, you also said San Andreas. I hear great things. I never played it myself. In fact, I've only dabbled with GTA games up until GTA 5, where I played through the whole thing and then proceeded to spend the next six months of my life in GTA Online. GTA Online is awesome. It's one of the greatest games ever created because it's basically GTA, but with you at the helm. It's you in the main role now. Instead of having to imagine yourself as the lead, you are the lead. And you don't have to do it by yourself. You can play with your friends. Makes a lot of... It's not just making the missions easier. It's making some of the missions doable. Because some of them, you actually need people to help you to be able to do it. And if you don't have any friends, you can play with randos. You can go into a public match and play with random people. But I highly suggest you don't. Because there's so many jabronis in that community. Like, it's probably on par with the Call of Duty community when it comes to the amount of douchebags you're going to run into. 
Like it's to the point where I refuse to play in public. I refuse to go on there and have, you know, precious cargo that I've spent time to get. You know, some things take longer than others, but still it's time. And though I'm Asian and will look young for a while, I ain't a vampire. I'm not going to be young forever. And to have this precious cargo on me and then to have some jabroni come by and just blow it up in one fell swoop, it doesn't work for me. And a lot of people don't like that either. And we've been complaining to Rockstar for a while now to take the game modes, these awesome game modes, and make them private. What's the big deal? I want to play with my friends only, or even by myself a lot of the times. But they kept ignoring us. Probably because if it's frustrating like that and you don't want to take the time and make the in-game currency, you'll go spend real money by these things called shark cards to exchange for the new cool stuff that you have in the game you don't have to go through the process of getting blown up by idiots to get them. And another complaint was the online modes after the first couple years, they became basically the same thing in different skins. It was basically, all right, do a mission to acquire your cargo and then go do a mission to sell off the cargo. And in order to even do these missions, you have to pay exorbitant amounts of money to acquire warehouses and such, bunkers in this case, the new gun running DLC bunkers. And as I said, when you're delivering your cargo, boom, you're more than likely to get killed by some ass clown. I was hoping, I was gonna say I was praying, I wasn't praying. I, I'm not much of a religious man, you see. I'm going to hell, you see. Me and all those girls who get guys to buy them drinks, you see. But yeah, I was hoping that gun running, finally they'd do something different that everything would be available in private and that gun running wouldn't be basically everything else we've seen so far. But much like a fat boy asking a tall, skinny, pretty girl to dance to a dance at the formal, you already knew the answer. It was never gonna happen. It's the same bullshit yet again. Public fetch missions that require you to spend like 7 million bucks up front to get the stuff. Then you have to grind through the, the bull crap, the jabronis, the bored, unhappy people blowing you up in public. Like, it's so stupid. At one point, I was obsessed with this game. But it's frustrating things like this. I understand. They gotta make money because they're, they're giving these things away for free. So they gotta make money. They gotta give people incentive to spend real-life money into this. But if you don't even put up the numbers of people playing, then you're done. The game stops. Do you know why? Because even if you still have people who are gonna throw money at you put real money into the game technically they're your important people but if they've got nobody left to play with because your community's gone then guess what they're gonna stop playing the game too boom take that rockstar logic darth vader my man is the best example of a villain becoming more beloved than the good guys in the movie like he was meant to be a bad guy. He was never designed to become the most beloved and iconic character in the entire Star Wars franchise. But he just turned out to be so badass, no one even cared that he killed a bunch of younglings and hating Christensen's acting career. It was a natural progression. And it happened by chance. It wasn't crammed down our throat. You gotta cheer for this guy. You gotta love this guy. You can't do it that way. You can't ram it down our throat and hope for the best. Because that's what, tell that to the eggheads over at Sony, who couldn't get Spider-Man right. Well, to be fair, they did get him right back in the day with Tobey Maguire, the first two anyway. But since then, they haven't had the type of success they're looking for. So they actually had to go to Marvel, give up some of the pie to get them to help them. But now that they've got Spider-Man back on track, 
they're all of a sudden cocky again. And they're like, we know what we're doing. So they're going ahead and being like, we have Venom, one of the coolest comic book characters ever. He can't fail. Let's do a Venom movie. Which sounds great in principle, but if you think of it, even in the slightest, the logic, it all falls apart really quickly. Like, you're telling me you're going to have a Venom movie, yes, the Spider-Man villain, Spider-Man's arch nemesis, you're going to have Spider-Man's villain do a movie before he even appears in a Spider-Man movie as a villain. Yes, you heard us correctly, that's the gist of it. You understand the man's a villain, right? He should be in at least one or two Spider-Man movies where he's the villain and battles Spidey. And over the course of those couple of movies, he finds some sort of redeemable quality. One that we cheer on and that we take to and that we love and that we want to see more of. And that we're hoping that he gives up this laugh of crime and evil doing and becomes a good guy. And we want to see that story in its own movie. That's how you freaking do it. You can't just do a Venom movie where he's the good guy already. They're so like this generation. You skip the hard work. You skip paying your dues. You jump straight to the Venom movie where he's the good guy. At first, I'm like, well, maybe if he's a villain in that movie. But I don't even know how you do that movie. Who the hell's cheering on the villain in the movie? Yes, Venom, you eat those children. Any doubts that I had that he would be the good guy are quickly squashed now. But it turns out now he's going to be facing Carnage. The other symbiote villain in the Spider-Man universe. Like, why didn't they just do Spider-Man instead of a flippin' vulture? Where the hell do they have the vulture as the freaking bad guy? They should have... If they're this hell-bent on Venom, freaking just make Venom the bad guy right off the bat. And then the next one, have Carnage. And then the one after that, you can have both of them. You've already got a trilogy, and if you do a good enough job in building your villains... Then you spin them off and you can have another trilogy. That's how you make the big money for a long time. You don't just go milk these characters for everything they're worth without properly putting in the groundwork. You don't build a house without a foundation. You can't build a tentpole without one either. Like These greedy bastards at Sony, they better be careful because they could very well easily damn two major properties in one go if they're not careful. Venom is supposed to be a bad guy. Have him start there. Because the way they're going, either you have to rewrite the whole character of Eddie Brock, make him a good, likable guy right off the top, or you're going to have two villains like, oh, who said it's going to be good guy versus good guy? It's bad guy versus even worse guy. So you're going to have a movie where neither the protagonist or antagonist is likable. Like, what, you crazy? We want to cheer somebody on. It's like, oh, maybe you'll cheer on the one who eats the least kids. That's how it works, bro. Don't get me wrong. Symbiote versus symbiote. Great idea. I love Carnage. I love Venom. But come on, man. Not now. Not like this. Ah, the words a girl would say if she got desperate enough and hooked up with old Kenny and got knocked up. All right, that's it. That's the old Kenny Ho Show episode 103. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. I hope you enjoyed this one. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Until next time, take care. Lindsay Fonsick. No, wait, I retired that. Tiffany Alvord, I hope you're listening, and I hope you're impressed. Toodles! Toodles!